Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, it is 1233. Well, you know what? Uh, apparently, not everybody agreed with the uh, perspective that I suggested that we live in different times. And case in point, I brought up the story back in 1974 about a Michigan kicker uh, who'd missed a game-winning field goal for the second consecutive year, albeit the first one was like from 50-plus yards. The second year was about a 35-yarder that may have gone over the the, uh, goalpost but was ruled uh, a missed uh, field goal kick. The guy's name was Mike Lantry. He was 24. He was a father, uh, a husband. He'd already served in Vietnam. And suddenly the University of Michigan over the course of the next two weeks received thousands of letters from people supporting them. And I said, we do live in very different times, and it's illustrated on a daily basis on Twitter. Uh, and uh, and I got uh, a lovely text that just came in. Stoffer, your show is the same old crap every day, asking Burke or Louie the same stupid questions every week, then this stupid rant on politics. I don't even think I said anything on politics today, other than the fact that they had a discussion last night. My God, how many times do we need to hear about Tyson Berry or Turris, the bottom six, uh, four, the top six in your your, uh, your buddy Taylor Hall. Every day, Taylor Hall is mentioned. Uh, he he compliments another show uh, in town, which you know I think that guy's got a good show too. And then he goes, maybe during the Oilers off season, you're off as well, or change to a sports show. Your knowledge is very good, but it's tough listening to the sh- the uh, same show every day. Now he didn't put his name to his text, but uh, I was thinking that might be my uncle Brian. Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, anyhow, I digress. Uh, we bring aboard Elliot Friedman for the River Cree Resort and Casino. Elliot, uh, we're going to try not to have the same segment with you. So, how are you doing? <laughs> Uh, I, that, that sounds like the same guy who's going to be tweeting or texting right after the segment's over. Yeah, you know how it works, man. You know how it works. Yeah. Uh, the point. The point I was making is. And somebody said, well, wait a sec, Bob, what about Bill Buckner? Bill Buckner got vilified after the 86 uh, World Series, and Red Sox fans never forget, made him, uh, never let him forget, you know, blowing that play uh, that cost Boston the chance to, uh, to win a World Series. And there's a degree of truth to that, because Buckner was a hell of a hitter back in the day. But my point was that we have immediate... Uh, the ability to have immediate response and the general my general perception is is there's a lot of people out there that'll just rip somebody on there's even guys i can always tell who the lower level guy is in a twitter uh, discussion 
because they'll take shots at, at, at somebody else who's maybe seen in their station as life as having a somewhat like I don't see how it serves your purpose ever to belittle somebody else on Twitter. You know what I'm saying, Elliot? You know, it's just life in the big city now. That's the way life is. Um, yeah. People, like social media, people will come at you to see if they can get a reaction. So you just have to, you know, you just have to uh, a, either pick your spots or completely ignore it. It's kind of the what's, way it goes. That's, what's the that's fun- life in the big city. What's the funniest one that you ever saw that, uh, that made you chuck? Uh, there have been a few that I've laughed at. Like, I, I can't remember any off the top of my head, but I, I got to tell you, like, I, I've gotten some that are, like, when I had the beard, some of them were just great. They were hilarious. Like like the one where the smartass in Edmonton said that not only were you a war correspondent during the Civil War, but uh, that, like the length of your career that you had to survive the uh, pandemic of 2020? Yes, it was something like that. It was like there were a few really good ones. Um, there was one on the second day of the draft that that had that when, when it started and it was me the way I looked that day and when it ended they put the beard picture up. So there was stuff like that. Like some people can be really funny, and you just uh, and, and you just laugh. And then there's other people that they try to be cruel and you just have to say, eh, I'm not going to let that loser get to me. Uh, I had a guy. This guy's really uh, – uh, Brendan will know. Who, who's the guy that does the uh, – he's got a Twitter account, and then he does, like, pictures and stuff, and he's very pro-oilers, uh, but he – Visually oh, better. Visually better. Vis- I suck at picking. He, he, yes, yes, visually better. I suck at pick, uh, picking. That guy's he, good. He's funny. And he did one of me, uh, and I believe a Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Because he, and, and I gotta tell you, I thought it was pretty funny, and you know what? Because yeah, he's he, done a few of me too before. Nothing like that. Like a lot of it, I think was like Anchorman kind of stuff. Yeah. But, you know, like like I think we can all. You have to be able to poke fun at yourself. Sure. In some sure. Ways. You, you, people just gotta know where the the line is, and, and you know, a lot of people they just think that it'll never get back to them. So, or no one will ever find them out, and it's easy to be meaner when you're anonymous. Yeah. And you know, there's some people who, um, like, if you have a bigger following or something like that, they try to get you to engage them so that they can win out too. Like, it allows them to get traffic to their site or gets that. Oh, if this person responds to me, I get attention too. So, I tend to be very careful about that. Uh, I will tell you, Elliot, that there are times. Uh like I saw somebody say when Hall, and I'll bring up Taylor Hall, despite the fact that the texter didn't want to hear about Taylor Hall, uh, when Hall signed Please with Buffalo, change your channel if you don't want to hear about yeah, Taylor. Yeah, there, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. We don't. You know, we'll take the other blank amount of listeners that are kind enough to give us their time to listen to the show on a daily basis. Uh, but anyhow, I digress. Uh, Somebody in the States, in an American market that's currently really embattled right now and having a major challenge on a couple different fronts, uh, COVID and gun violence, uh, anyhow, made a comment about, well, Taylor Hall played six years in Edmonton. He's not going to have a problem playing in Buffalo. And, you know, part of me was like, geez, I wonder if I should maybe respond and bring up. And I'm like, nah, we'll just let it fly by. Because the, the truth of the matter is when you're privileged enough, to travel around the NHL, there are no bad NHL cities. And Buffalo's kind of like Pittsburgh, Elliot, is a total hidden gem. You know what I mean? You would yeah, never. Pittsburgh's a great town. Right? Like people wouldn't, they wouldn't have thought that maybe 20 years ago. 
Uh, Pittsburgh had a bad reputation in the late 70s, early 80s. It's a great stop on the tour. I actually much prefer Pittsburgh, Elliot, over Philadelphia. What about you? Um, yeah, I would say the down, like the, the, the times I've had in Pittsburgh of, um, yeah, I really like Pittsburgh. I, I would say that too. Um, you know, like the, like I think about the states I spent a lot of time in, like Pittsburgh's a lot of fun. Washington is fantastic for a lot of different reasons. Like there's, there's a lot of great things to do in Washington. I mean, I love Vegas. I'm like I'm the kind of guy, honestly, Bob. Where if I go somewhere, it's tough for me to have a bad time. Like I'm one of those people who can find a good time wherever I go. Um, yeah. I I think generally, if you're having a bad time in a city, ninety nine times out of a hundred, it's more your fault than the hundred percent. We do these trips uh, with New West Travel every year. And we have a launch before the trip. And I say the same thing to everybody. This is about what you make of the trip. How the orders perform or anything like, you know, it's great you're going on the trip. But what, you know, what happens on the road with you in terms of your level of enjoyment on the trip is totally dependent upon you. All right. Speaking of Washington, were you not in Washington uh, when a significant moment, one of Obama's strongest, uh, where he took care of a little bit of business, were you not yeah, in Washington? As a matter of fact, that's true. That was the night that um, Bin Laden was killed. I was in Washington doing a playoff game between the um, between the Lightning and the Capitals, and I actually went by the White House that night just to see what it was all like. And I took some pictures and tweeted them out. It was it was quite an evening, that's for sure. Uh, probably a lot of USA chants, eh? You would say that it was. <laughs> no, it was. It, I mean, emotion is a powerful thing, and that was a, a powerful and emotional night. And um, and the thing is that Wolf Blitzer later told the story that he was at the Capitals game that night when he got the call saying, you better go in. Yeah. So there you have it. Was this before, like, did they already know that the the uh, the business had been taken care of by that point or was he tipped off that i don't know if they i don't remember i i've heard him tell the story before that he said he got he was at the game and he got a call said better come in so he left the game and i don't know if they told him right then and there what was going on or he was tipped off or cnn was tipped off and said you guys better be ready for something big i can't remember the exact story and i'm not going to google it here but I do remember he was at the game that night because we only did one game in that series because I think there was an election or something going on in Canada. Oh no, I remember what happened. There was some, that we 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 could only do one game of that particular series, and otherwise we were doing uh, another series. It was because of a, an election somewhere in Canada, and so we had to trade that one game. So that was the only game of that series they did. But I remember the Capitals telling me later that Blitzer was at the game and he had to leave because he got tipped off when something was going down. For the River Cree Resort Casino, Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Bob Stoffer with you on Winter's Now. Elliot, would you like to be a fly in the wall on that uh, general manager's uh, conference call today? Well, not anymore because it's over. Uh, but, yes, I, I would have liked to have been. Um, you know, I don't know. I, like, it just it finished not long ago, and I've been checking around to see, you know, what's going on. Um, I don't, as at this point in time as we speak, Bob, I don't have a sense that they gave any specifics about next year. 
which is a bit interesting to me because the NBA um, has now come out and said that they're going to try to go on December 22nd. Um, and they're talking about a season that will end before the Olympics and get them back on their regular uh, hmm. turn. Hmm. Uh, and I think that's what the NHL wants to do, but I don't know as we talk at this point in time if there's any specifics yet about the NHL. I know that one thing they were told today is that at the World Juniors, in Ed, which is, you know, are scheduled in Edmonton, I don't think they're going to be allowed to scout them. I think some teams had asked, will we be able to send scouts into the bubble? And I think they were told that that won't be possible. Um, but I, I don't think we have any – I don't have any sense right now as I, as I talk to you, and that could change, that there's any clarity on what the NHL is thinking for next year. I also know that, uh, that at, the, at the highest level, the NHL and the NHLPA have talked about next year, but in terms of the return-to-play committee that the NHLPA is forming of the players – um, they haven't met yet, and they they probably won't be ready to meet next week. So I still think this is a little bit of time away when it comes to some clarity. Uh, Elliot, did you see ESPN's numbers for basketball, by the way? Uh, yeah, I did. And, you know, I, I, I mean, we had the same problem in hockey, right, um, yeah. in the States? Look, like, I, I think what everybody kind of realized is that if you look at the overall numbers, there are a lot of people watching sports. They just cannibalized each other. Stanley Cup final was down. NBA final was down. U.S. Way down. golf was down. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, even baseball is down. And um, and uh, yeah, NFL, NFL is generally ratings proof, although they've had some rough windows too. I, I really think, Bob, that people – well, I just don't. I think people are used to a certain way of watching, certain times of watching. Yes. And I just think the NHL and the NBA they want to get back to their regular schedules, and um, that's why. Like I do believe, Bob, last uh, that there was some talk about should we play through the Olympics next year if we have to? Like, should we just go for it and see what happens? And and I think while it was kind of thrown out there. It was kiboshed because, A, I think people just realized it's a bad idea. And, B, you know, if people aren't going to react really well to summer hockey or Stanley Cup final in August and September, don't do it again. Just try to get back as quickly as you can to your regular way. I thought I saw that the Saturday night CBS game between Alabama and Georgia had better numbers than a couple of the NBA championship games. That's true. That's true. And, you know, first of all, football's king, right? Like all it's day. Almost, all it's day almost in the States. Rating, it's almost ratings proof. And yep. secondly, it's the normal time of the year for them. Yes. Yes. So, like, and you it, know, honestly, honestly, like, there's some real, there's, there's been some really good deep dives done into the TV. And there's some guys I follow on Twitter who really know the TV world well and ratings well. And they they believe it is oversaturation, and I know there's been a lot of debate about um, the you know the social media I mean the social justice stances, and I'm sure there's people who don't like it, but I'm sure there's people who do like it, and they seem to think that um, it's just more of a cannibal uh, I can't even say it a cannibalizing of too many sports on at once. 
and they all, like they say, if you look at the overall numbers, the overall numbers are up, but they all ate from each other. And if that's what the people who are the experts have to say, I tend to listen to that. Because there are some people who think in the case of the NBA, there was such a strong push for specific perspectives on things that that may, and, and the other thing is subscriptions went down, but of course a lot of people lost their jobs. Uh, a lot of people have to make financial decisions on how many packages they're carrying television-wise, so that would play a factor as well. All right, Elliot, let's get into some quick hitters. So we don't know yet on a potential start date. Um, I'm going to put you a bit on the spot here. John Shannon is at 90%. Brian Burke is at 100%. What is the percentage that we are going to play a 2021 season? Well, the night the, the night of Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Final when the commissioner had his State of the Union... Um, I asked him if there was any chance we wouldn't play until next fall, the fall of 2021. And he kind of sloughed it off and he poo-pooed it. Now, when the moment that media conference was over, I had several people reach out to me and say um, that there's no way he's going to let that happen. He just won't let that happen is what, what people told me. A, he thinks it's bad. You don't want to be out of sight, out of mind for that long. Uh, B... Um, you know, I, I, I think that there's, there, never mind, I think there's one year left in the U.S. TV deal, and he wants that to run out so they can get to their next TV deal. I think they're hoping that the new U.S. TV deal will kickstart economic recovery. We'll see. Uh, but I think that's a big part of it. So now, do I think there's some teams who might be more inclined to wait? Yes, I do. I think there are some teams who will say we can't start this until we get fans back in the building but i don't think the commissioner wants that and i think they will uh, you know i, I never want to say a hundred percent but i i would tend to think that brian and john are right in the sense that it is the commissioner's desire to get next season done no matter how it looks hopefully with fans in the stands for the playoffs but at the very least to get the tv deal done and push us into the next one now i'm going to ask you about some players mike hoffman okay. what are you hearing you know there's a number of guys here. Um, Hoffman and Grandland are among them. And they've got interest, but the the offers aren't fantastic. Um, you know, we've talked about this, Bob. There's only been four forwards who signed for more than $3 million. Only four in the UFA market. Hall, Dadnov, Foley, and Craig Smith. That's it. And so the offers for forwards haven't been good. And now what I think those guys are doing is they're being picky. Like, like I've heard in, in a couple of cases that Granlund has rejected a couple of situations because he says, look, if I'm, if I'm going to go, if I'm in a, in a spot where the offers are all going to be similar, I'm going to make sure that it's a place where I really think I've got the best chance to maximize my ability and my next contract is the right situation. So I think some of these guys are going to be a little bit picky. Now, I think there's, I, I think that, you know, there's some talk now that after arbitration is over and some of these awards are done and maybe do any, but does anybody use a buyout? Do are there going to be some more signings or do guys wait till closer to the season and see does a team say okay we've decided we're going to do this we'll sweeten our offer a bit or someone gets hurt or whatever I mean. I'll tell you this. I know there's interest in Granlin and Hoffman. I think what's happening now is 
and they're all the same teams. It's it's Carolina, it's Columbus, it's Nashville, it's Boston. I just think that these guys are saying, you know what, if, if the offers are all going to be similar, I'm going to wait. I'm going to make sure that I pick the right situation for them. Are there going to be some guys that thought they were going to get one-year deal or two-year deals that are going to end up going in on PTOs? I mean, it's possible. I, like, you know, Dominic Cahoon, I would assume, Evan, well, I know for a fact the Oilers were looking at Dominic Cahoon, and uh, Jerry Johansson represents Cahoon, and uh, the Oilers moved on to Ennis. Uh, and, and brought uh, Tyler Innes back. And I, I just wonder whether or not there's going to be, like, I, I, I think there might have been some agents that misread the market here a bit. I, I'm not talking on the topper and the hiring guys that are left, like Hoffman and Granlin. Those guys are pretty good players with proven offensive track records. But some guys that have maybe been inconsistent or not established offensively, maybe they missed the window here. Well, I think it's not only that, Bob, but I think that what happened was, you know, even a GM told me, you know, all these times you hear, um, oh, you're never going to be able to move that contract, or you're never going to be able to move that contract, and it, it, you can all and you can usually do it. Now, sometimes the price isn't what you'd like to do, or you have to give up something that you don't want to give up. But th- but this is the first time that the answer was really no, you can't. And I, and I and I so and I think some GMs were even surprised by that. They're sitting there saying, "Wow, like like this is even harder than I thought." So, and I think some, and I've known, I've spoken to some agents too who were like, yeah, we knew it was going to be tight, but we didn't think it was going to be quite like this. And I, I think this has been a real reality check for a lot of people. And, you know, I think now everybody's starting to realize, ooh, it might be a while, even longer than we thought before we get out of this. So I think it's a it's a huge challenge, Bob. There's good players out there still. The two guys we mentioned, there's Eric Halla. You know, there's still good, good players out there. Yeah, yeah, great stuff. Elliot, uh, we're, you're going to take a little bit of a break, but uh, rejoin us sometime in November? Yes, uh, sometime in, in November. We'll figure it out, and then um, we'll, see, uh, we'll see how it goes. Awesome stuff. Hey, we love having you on the show. Thanks, man. All right, you take care, Bob. Be well. Yeah, you bet. That is Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey on Rogers for our friends at the River Creek Resort in Casino. Elliot Friedman is our headliner today, and our headliner is brought to you daily by Touchback Safety, a family business taking care of your family during uncertain times. Training sessions still readily available. Roos Chris Steakhouse is the greatest steak you've ever had. It's Edmonton-owned and operated. Open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue and tell Brendan, Maggie Taylor, and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers now sent you. We're going to step out. I'm going to get to some texts on the Ashley Five Floors text line when we return on Oilers now. Hi, I'm James Neal from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6.30, Chet. All right, thanks a lot, James. 12.56 in Edmonton to the Ashley Five Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Brew Crew. Bob, great uh, chat with the bearded one. Well, he's no longer bearded, but he said, did Elliot find uh, his cat that was stuck in his beard? Uh, I'm not sure about that. We have three at the house, by the way, and one of them uh, sits right next to me during every show. So at least I've got uh, uh, one positive supporter. I'm just kidding. Uh, Thinking about non-play, look at the Canadian Football League. Out of sight, out of mind. Plus, Edmonton now has a name change. The CFL, in my opinion, says Brew Crew, has its work cut out to get fans and a following back. One man's opinion. Uh, Brew Crew, I'll be honest, I... 
you know, I would tend to agree with you. I think they're they're, they're going to have to do some significant work to re-engage. Like, you know what, in Saskatchewan with the Riders, no problem. Uh, Winnipeg, like, maybe Winnipeg and Edmonton are kind of in the same position in Calgary because they've got CFL and NHL teams. Um, I think that we've seen a, an error in a generation in large part because of cable. Uh, huge. Well, that's Brendan. I mean, Brendan's like, what are you now, 26, Brendan? Yes, sir. Are you more of an NFL fan or a CFL fan? Uh, I don't like admitting this. I'm definitely more of an NFL fan. Okay. I'm more of an NCAA and NFL fan over the CFL. And I, you know, I appreciate the CFL. We got a team here in Edmonton. I believe in supporting those Edmonton teams. But I agree and totally concur with the Texter Brew Crew. I think they got some work to do here. Um, carrying forward once they get back at it. How imperative, Bob, was it to sign Chris Russell? Well, Chris Russell's one-year extension gives them a veteran D-man that they can play in a six or seven hole in a year from now, the 21-22 season, because uh, he can still play. He's a good veteran, a good leader, and and it satisfies the requirements for Seattle expansion as well, because uh, the Oilers needed to have a veteran D that they can expose. I'm not sure what's going to happen with Oscar Kleffbaum. But I do believe the Oilers, I, I think we're going to see a big step forward from Caleb Jones this year. I believe Edmonton's going to end up in a position, it's an automatic, they're, they're going to be protecting Nurse and Bear. I think they'll be protecting Caleb Jones as well. Off to a global news, weather, traffic update uh, with Eileen Bell. And when we come back, uh, Darcy McLeod, a.k.a. Wood Guy, will talk a little hockey analytics on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.